now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Halfway home, hour one on your Wednesday on the block. I'm Moss Norman. He's Eric Strickle and joined right now on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline by usual guest Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Uh, Evan, it's been a couple weeks. You've done a lot of stuff uh, you're, you're always up to. You've been busy with football and baseball. We'll get into both, starting with football. Uh, you recently did a, a you know piece with the roster reset that the World Herald's been going through each position group. Uh, you looked at the defensive line. A lot of familiar names there, but as you pointed out, not a lot of production. When you look at the returning guys, do you see a leap in any of those players with the new coaching staff? Well, I mean, there's really just the the one guy who's been a starter and sort of a, I guess you would call it a proven commodity in Ty Robinson. So, I mean, he's still a young enough guy that, yeah, I think he could take another step forward. Um, you know, Nash Hutmacher is somebody else who has been in the program now for a couple of years and people felt, uh, you know, that, that he could make that big jump down the line as well. Um you know, and, and then they added a number of other players, but it, it's kind of an interesting position too because you talk about the three-three-four and how sort of the the line will complement some of the edge players. So you know, you've got guys like Hutmacher and Stefan Wynn who's back who could step into a bigger role too. But then um, you know, on, on that edge spot, you're resetting as well. Like, do you do you feel like uh, Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson are ready to take that next step forward and fill that role? Do you lean, um, you know, more on a on a transfer who's coming? Even a guy like maybe MJ Sherman or uh, Chief Borders, somebody like that. So it's a really it's an interesting spot. It, it's one where that, that stands out, I think, too, just in the context of the defense, where like you zoom out and if Nebraska wanted to, you could roll out every starting safety and corner that you had last year. You got uh, Nick Henrich and Luke Reimer at middle linebacker, but it's those other spots that are that are big questions. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it starts with the guys that you that you we're talking about who have been in the program. Can they take that next step? And then, um, you know, it's also a position where you don't necessarily rely on freshmen to come in and be as physically developed and ready to go. So I think you have to look at. Uh, who, who they brought in who's a little bit older there, too, with Elijah Judy from Texas A&M. He's going to be a third-year guy. Kai Wallen had a really good season at, at the junior college level last year. So, uh, you know, I think when we start in the months ahead and, and probably even now projecting what Nebraska can be in year one under Matt Rule, I think one of the big curiosities, at least at this point, is what does that defensive line look like? Because as we know, in the Big Ten, you got to be able to stop the run and disrupt the pass. And right now, Nebraska has a lot of guys who are, who are toolsy and who you can maybe kind of see it, but we haven't seen it yet on the field. You mentioned the, the couple bright spots for that defensive line uh, last season, including Indiana. They held Minnesota down for at least the first half until uh, Tanner Morgan went out and the backup quarterback came in and they got things rolling. You also mentioned Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson. Those are two guys I've had my, my eyes on for a while. I know the leadership in Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner on the edge was huge, but, but Butler and Gunnerson were guys I wanted to get a look at because, like you said, they're toolsy, and it seems like even without having seen them in spring practice, are the type of athletes that this staff would have recruited anyways. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we saw more of Gunnarsson toward the end of last season. I mean, big kid, strong. I mean, he already 
looks the part. He's from the area, from from uh, you know Iowa, so he's somebody who has followed the program for a while. And I think there's you know there's some value in sort of that um, investment too. And then Jamari Butler. I mean, you think about his last couple of months. He entered the transfer portal in December and then decided to stay. So that's somebody who uh, you know essentially was re-recruited to stay. Who who sort of reevaluated himself. Uh, why he wanted to be here. And so you would think somebody like that would be plenty motivated to come out and show what he can do too. But yeah, I don't think there's, there's any doubt. I mean, just the measurables that those guys have, you have to have those quick twitch athletes on the edge who can get around to tackle or what have you and get to the quarterback. Um, again, not to say that those will be the guys, because I think that room, they did a good job uh, putting some other players in there who are going to contend for those roles. Like I personally feel like Chief Borders could be one of the more uh, under the radar ads that Nebraska's had in this cycle. But you have to have the depth. You have to have uh, guys that can rotate in. Um, you know, candidates to be someone who can disrupt the quarterback because that's such a huge thing. Um, you know, even even with some of the, the players that Nebraska lost. I mean, uh, you zoom out and look at their struggles to pressure the quarterback. That was a big part of uh, a lot of the games that they lost last year. So I think the, the more bodies that you can have in there, the more high-end athletes that can react and disrupt what an offense is doing, the better. And I think those are some of those guys that Nebraska's got to feel good about. Switching gears to Husker baseball as we're talking with Evan Blaine of the Omaha World Herald. The big news of the day from Husker baseball is that they're going to be jersey retirements, three of them for – Probably the three best players in Husker history and Shane Komenay, Darren Erstad, and Alex Gordon. Evan, why is the timing right now like Will Bolt said? What made it finally happen? Yeah, I asked him that today. I mean, because those guys haven't been in the program for a while. Um, but I suppose it, it does kind of make sense. I mean, especially from Darren Erstad's perspective. I mean, he he stepped down as coach at the end of 2019. And, and I'm sure you know everyone who knows Darren would know that He's not a guy who necessarily loves the spotlight and would want to be the coach when something like that was going on. And then, you know, you think about Will Bolt's time at Nebraska. He he doesn't even get that first full season in before COVID hits and uh, all the, the things that have sort of come out of that the last couple of years. And, and this is really that first kind of normal offseason that the program has had under Bolt. Um, and so, you know, I, I think these sort of things – are important to him to honor the program's past. And, and these three guys, I mean, Komine and Erstad and Gordon, those are all guys who, I mean, they were all-time greats on the field, but they also were part of teams at Nebraska that really sort of stretched the imagination to what the program could be in their own <clears throat> respective eras. And so I think that's a big part of it. And then, you know, you think about what – what Darren Erstad went, went on to do winning a World Series with the Angels in 02 and Alex Gordon winning a World Series with the Royals. And <clears throat> I mean, these are just guys who've represented Nebraska well when they were here. They've represented the Huskers well when they've been elsewhere. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be really fun to see those guys all come back. I mean, Will Bolt made mention to the fact that, you know, he was roommates with Sheen Comine <clears throat> on, on some of those early mm. 2000s programs. And he, uh, you know, was a volunteer coach um, when Alex Gordon was here. He was an assistant under Erstad. So I think there was some personal motivation, too, to uh, make sure that these guys get honored and that fans, you know, on that March, that Friday night in March, um, you know, are going to get a chance to come out and play or, or pay homage to, uh, you know, what those guys have been able to do. 
Do we have any idea where those numbers are going? Are they going to put them up on the outfield fence, out on like the facing of the second deck with the numbers? Any ideas where those guys' numbers will be in Haymarket Park? That's a good question. I mean, and I don't think they're actually retiring the numbers per se. Like those numbers are being occupied by Huskers currently. So I think the actual numbers will continue to be in circulation. So it's kind of like what football does, I suppose, mm-hmm. with some of their jersey numbers. But yeah, I mean, you could put it on the sort of the facade there the of the upper deck, maybe. Um, you know, that's maybe you could put some sort of uh, like a plaque or something, maybe in the outfield. You could put something, uh, you know, in the concourse, maybe underneath the. Uh, uh, behind home plate or something like that. So I, I don't know what they'll do. I think it gives them a chance to be creative with it. Um, you know, those guys are all members of the Nebraska Athletic Hall of Fame already, and so they're enshrined in that way. But any any kind of unique thing that uh, allows younger fans especially to, to learn about these guys and, and, and their roles in making Nebraska baseball what it is uh, would be a cool thing. So it'll be fun to see how creative they get and, and, and you know, where that pops up at Haymarket Park. Speaking of creativity, Max Anderson has bounced around the field. D1 Baseball did something that surprised me at least a little bit and listed him as the number 10 second baseman in the country for this season. I know Max has played some second base, but he's been at shortstop, he's been at third, he's been at first, he's DH'd. He's, he's played all over, but do you think that D1 Baseball is onto something? We see Max Anderson at second base a lot this year. Is that his best position, or what's the plan with him? Yeah, he, he he will be a second baseman this year, and I, you know we're used to seeing him at third quite a bit. Uh, I think the fact that he's moved to second in part is a testament to Dylan Carey, the freshman, who mm-hmm. they're uh, really excited about to take over that that starting job at the hot corner. You're going to have Bryce Matthews still at shortstop, first base. You know Max could play some first base. He did that last season too, but they feel like uh, between guys like Charlie Fisher or Efrain Cervantes or a couple others that maybe they can figure that spot out. The other thing uh, about Anderson, I think it does go a little bit unnoticed, his fielding prowess. Um, Nebraska baseball coaches, they keep track of of fielding percentage in the fall, and and he was actually the one who graded the highest among their infielders. So uh, I think that that speaks to, you know, his reliability and how much they believe in him uh, just as a fielder first, and then, I mean, certainly as a hitter, that part's been pretty obvious for a couple of years now. He's had two years in the Cape Cod League against some of the best college pitching around and has more than held his own. I think he's hit above 300 and, and shown power pretty consistently both seasons. So, uh, you know, to me, and I think coaches would say that the thing maybe about uh, Max that would lead to an even bigger season this year is that maybe teams won't be able to pitch around him the way that they were able to, especially last season, where if you have that depth in front and behind him, uh, you know, and, and you're not able to walk him or, or, or sort of um, be careful with him, that, yeah, he could have, you know, an even bigger season than he's had to this point. So top 10, that's pretty high praise, considering there are 300 Division One baseball teams out there. But I think given his potential uh, and, and his role in the team, yeah, I think that's a reasonable upside. Last thing for you, Evan. Uh, we had Lance Harvell uh, on the station earlier the week. He said right now the weekend rotation would be Emmett Olson, Jace Kaminska, Caleb Clark. If you look at that and then look around the rest of the league, is that a top half of the league rotation, top quarter of the league rotation? Where would you slot that opening weekend three? Well, 
first of all, I think it speaks in part to the value of adding Kaminska. I mean, transfer portal coverage in college baseball isn't what it is in football and everything else. But I don't think you can uh, understate how big of an ad that was in the context of the Big Ten. I mean, you look around at some of the transfers that were added. A few teams added some nice bats, but I don't think you you can find any other uh, transfer ad in the Big Ten on the pitching side where the, the addition was as accomplished as Jason Kaminska was at Wichita State. So I think that's a big deal. In terms of the, the context of the league, I still think Maryland is probably the team to beat at the top. They still have two established starters from last season's Big Ten championship team that are back. I think Iowa is another team that deserves uh, the benefit of the doubt. They've had two straight Big Ten pitchers of the year. They have another one uh, who, who's a contender, I think, this year in Ty Langenberg. Uh, and, and so they're awfully deep, too. But, I mean, after those two, I think Nebraska's right there um, in terms of their rotation and just in terms of their overall pitching depth, where, again, you're talking about Nebraska having probably three guys who are former Friday night starters at some point in their college career coming on in relief, and like in Shanneman and, and Kyle Perry uh, and Michael Garza. So it's 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 i think going to be the strength of the team this year it was the strength of the team last year that was sort of forgotten uh because of of some of the fielding and the offensive struggles but yeah i think those those three guys that you mentioned in the rotation um are continue to be the front runners and you know if if everything else sort of comes into place for nebraska uh, in terms of fielding and offense then yeah you, you feel pretty good that those guys are going to give them a chance to win every time out it's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, Omaha.com. Click the Huskers button. You'll find Evan's work there almost assuredly. Evan, appreciate the time. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Austin. See ya. When we come back, we're playing the shootout, 402-464-5685. Your chance to win the stricken. Call now. Get in. We're playing the game next.